Thank you, Dennis. Um, good to be with you all this evening. Um, and good to look at this Bible passage. I think we're going to um, spend a bit more time on the, on the front half, on the first few verses, than, than the latter half. I'll explain why in a minute. But um, it's Mother's Day. Um, for some of us, that's uh, exciting. For some of us, that's painful. Um, for those of us here who've got mothers, I hope you guys have, you know, done, yep, good, well done. Um, and um, I, uh, I, uh, I was, uh, we, 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 we got brownie points today, this morning, we did well, like, um, Michelle got breakfast in bed, so that was good, I think we, we won there, she had some bunting downstairs, she had some flowers, it was all good. Um, uh, I, I, I wonder though, when you think of your mum, uh, or what, like, if there are particular phrases that you associate with your mum, particular things that she always used to say that you remember. I mean, you know, there's classic ones like um, uh, eat your greens or whatever. I don't know if it, it ends up, his mum always used to say eat your greens. I had that a bit. Um, don't forget to brush your teeth. Uh, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Anybody ever said that, had that said to them? Anybody? Yeah, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Some parents, that's difficult because they know that still leaves too much open. Um, for their children to do, so they don't go with that one. Um, uh, I wonder what the phrases are that you remember when you think of your mum. Uh, there was um, there's a comedian in the US called um, Jimmy Fallon, and he put up a challenge like on Twitter. He said, um, "Can you send in like your mum quotes, your favourite amusing mum quotes?" And um, and these were the top three. I'm just going to read the top three to you. Um, someone called Helen who tweeted in. She said uh, this conversation. She said, "I got a scholarship to NYU." New York University. Dad said, of course, you have my brains, which, to which mum responded, she must, I've still got mine. <laughs> uh, you got that eventually, it's good. Um, uh, then there was this one, uh, someone called W. Vanderty said to his mum, her mum, uh, mum, you're invading my personal space, to which mum said, well, you came out of my personal space, so that makes us even. <laughs> Ooh. I like that one. This one's my favourite one, though, I think. This one's my favourite. If you fall out of that tree and break both your legs, don't come running to me. Yay. Yay. I like that one. Um, uh, mum quotes. One of my mum quotes, or one of the things that my mum always used to say to me, um, is she, well, along the li- these lines, that she'd, she'd always say, Look, if, you've got, if you haven't got anything nice to say, don't say it. But if you have, Do. So if, if someone, if I was in church, my dad was a vicar, so I was in church quite a lot. If I was in church and someone did the prayers really well or did the reading really well, my mum would say, go and tell them. Go and tell them. Encourage them. Tell them. Thank them. Um, and, uh, and if you don't, you're not getting your lunch. So go and tell them. Encourage them. We don't encourage each other enough. If you've got something nice to say, say it. And so she'd always make me do that. I remember that. And... Um, uh, she'd also say, and I'm sure every parent here or anyone who's been parent, parents would have said, remember to say your please and thank you. Remember to say your please and thank you. And in some ways, that, that's what links us, to, I think, to our passage tonight, or at least the front half, most of our passage, is that um, remember to say your pleases and your thank yous. Uh, the lepers in this passage, one in particular, was really good at saying please, at crying out to Jesus, and also coming back to say thank you. Remember your pleases, remember your thank yous. So it's Mothering Sunday, remember your pleases, remember your thank yous. Um, and we're going to look at that a little bit. I think for us tonight, we're going to spend a bit more time looking at the please and why we don't. So uh, why we find that difficult sometimes. So um, have a look at the passage again with me, if you've got it open in front of you or it's on your mobile phone, um, at the first, f- 
first um, few verses, first three verses. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. I'm going to pause there. They stood at a distance. Now, for them, it's obvious why they stood at a distance. They were, they were lepers. They weren't allowed close to anybody there. The whole cultural system was there. It was, was like, you didn't go anywhere near the lepers. And the lepers knew that if they came anywhere near you, they would make you kind of unclean, unclean. This was far more than about the illness. This was like a spiritual thing, like a sin thing as well. They'd make you unclean. They didn't realize that they were calling out. Maybe they did realize they were calling out to the one person who would make them clean rather than the other way around. They wouldn't make him unclean. He would make them clean. And, but for them, the distance was obvious. The distance was like literally physical because of that. They had to shout out a loud voice. And my first question for you, and there's going to be a little bit of interaction with the people around you, I'm afraid, so this might freak you out. You, you don't have to speak to the people around you, but they're going to probably try and speak to you, so it might be more awkward not to speak to them than to speak to them. Um, the first question I want you to ask is, what are the kind of things do you, that you think can keep us at a distance from God? at a distance from Jesus. Here, here it's obvious, but I don't know for you, I, I'll throw out a couple of suggestions and I'll get you to discuss and come back, but what's keeping you at a distance? Is it um, a sense of shame or unworthiness that might keep you at a distance from God or has in the past? Is it um, low expectations? You're not sure actually that Jesus can do anything for you? So is it that, um, that you don't realise that you need help? Is it you don't realise you've got leprosy, <laughs> that you need help from Jesus and so you're not? Because um, these guys, they're at a distance. There's a distance. The distance is obvious to them. But they also have the courage to shout out and to cry out loudly. What, what's, what's the distance? And what would stop people from crying out loudly to Jesus? Have a quick buzz just around you. What, what are the distance things, things that can keep us a distance from God? You, a minute or so, and then I might take some feedback. Another one I just thought of as well, it might be that you just don't feel you know enough about Jesus. It might be that you just don't feel you know enough about Jesus, and so he's at arm's length, he's at a distance. Um, what were some of the things you discussed? Or Anybody willing to share what you discussed in your group, like what you said? Technology, okay, yeah. Can keep us at a distance from God. Distraction, yeah, okay. Okay, easy not to pray, yeah. Stresses of life, daily busyness, stresses of life. Sorry? Expectation, how do you mean? What do you mean? Like low expectation? Okay. Is that. That can sometimes be because of disappointment in the past or sadness or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Vulnerability. Yeah. 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 Don't want him to see you. It takes courage, doesn't it? I was thinking about this uh, just after five this morning. 
Bear with me. My boy Leo shouted out loudly, like these guys in this passage, at five o'clock. He said, Dada! <laughs> really loudly. You're like, whoa, okay. And it's Mothering Sunday. I'm definitely going to have to be the one that gets up. Um, <laughs> and um, you shouted out really loudly, like calling out for me. I kind of like, I was thinking about it. He actually settled again really quickly, but I kind of thought about it with relation to this. And like, he calls out really loudly, I think, for a few reasons. One, because, uh, because he knows I care. Because he knows there's someone there that, that is going to care and is going to hear him. He knows there's someone there who actually can do something about his issue. He knows how much he wants that. He needs that. There's no shame level, because he, he knows that we love him, so there's no like, awkwardness. Do you see what I mean? Do you see where I'm going with this? And, and uh, I think these guys, they, show, they actually show courage. They show amazing courage to kind of cross that distance loudly and shout out. One of the things is they recognize their need. They're desperate. Uh, they know that nothing else can help them. I remember once hearing one of my favorite speakers, you, you might pick this up by now because I mention him fairly regularly, this guy called Tim Keller. And the one time I heard him speak live, I heard him at a study summit for loads of clergy um, in London. And he spoke on the passage in the Old Testament of um, Elisha and Naaman. And Naaman, there's a lot of similarities to this. Naaman had um, leprosy as well. And he was asked by, um, like, he was quite proud. That was one of the things that was the distance for him. He was like, I'm rich, I'm wealthy, just, you should just, just heal me. I shouldn't have to do what you're telling me to do. He goes and gets him to wash in Jordan seven times. And he's like, well, and he tries to just buy it. He tries to go, do you know who I am? Uh, his distance was, there was a pride thing there. He needed to humble himself. That was his distance. But um, anyway, we were having a bit of a Q&A with Tim Keller afterwards, and a friend of mine called Anders um, was brave enough to ask a question. And he said, like, in evangelism, we're trying to, like connect Jesus to people like what what do you think we need to pray for is there something we need to do that's missing because because I'm preaching the gospel and people aren't responding as much as I'd like to and um it was really interesting what Tim Keller said he said we need to pray that people realize they've got leprosy well that's interesting a lot of our world today will is driven around making people feel self-sufficient they've got it all together their Facebook profile looks good, so they must be all good. Um, uh, you, can get, you can get out of your own issues with money or with whatever else. Uh, and, and, they all are, and they're all sorts of distractions as well. Social media, internet, whatever. That kind of stop us from actually going, I need help. <laughs> I need a saviour. I need healing. We need to pray that people realise they've got leprosy and that they need help. These guys realize that, they know that, and they shout out loudly because they have some confidence that the person that they're calling out to can actually make a difference to them. He is going to hear them, that the distance is overcomable somehow. First thing that these lepers teach us is the need to cry out to Jesus, to say our pleas for the things that we're struggling with, whether they big or small. I don't think I can see anybody with leprosy here tonight. But um, what, what is the thing that you need to cry out to Jesus for or that you need help with? What is the distance, if that's a pertinent question for you? What's causing the distance? Maybe you need to get some prayer about what's causing the distance. 
Is it low expectations because you've just been disappointed in the past or hurt? Could be profound. Somebody over at the St. Albans congregation this morning, we were doing testimonies, and she talked about somebody she met on the street who's a doctor, high-powered thing, and she just gave her like a bunch of daffodils ahead of Mothering Sunday, I think it was yesterday. She gave, and and the, the doctor, her neighbour, said, oh, no, no, I'm not worth it. Not worth a pound fifty bunch of daffodils. Sometimes we don't think we're worth it or we're worthy of it. Is that the distance, I wonder? We, we need to overcome that distance with a combination of knowing our need and knowing our saviour and being willing to call out to him, to cry out to him, like my son has no qualms about waking me up at five o'clock in the morning, crying out confidently, because he knows that, that we'll come, because we love him, because we can meet his need. Remember to say your please. The second point is remember to say your thank you. Notice this in the passage. It's pretty heartbreaking, actually. Verse 17. Jesus says, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Why has only one of you come back to say thank you? How easy it is for us to say, forget to say our thank yous. The number of times I say to my kids, multiple times a day, what do you say, please? What do you say? Thank you. We find it so easy to forget. And sometimes it's out of routine as well. As we, we're in Lent now, as we approach Easter, if you've been a Christian for a while, do you find it hard sometimes to connect to Easter? Because you, you know the story, you've done it before. You're not as moved as you once were. Is there a lesson here in terms of giving thanks and of gratitude and a challenge in that as well? I've got a new journal at the moment that asks me to try and think of three things each morning and three things each evening to be thankful for that I'm thankful for, to give thanks to God for. I wonder whether that kind of practice of gratitude um, might help some of us, particularly as we approach Easter. Only one of these guys comes back to thank Jesus. But you know what? Oh yeah, and that was the other word. I don't want to rush over it. I think there's some people here, there's someone here and this is, maybe this will help with us doing communion later. Um, there's someone here tonight, I think, who, this word cleansed. So verse 14, when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest, which by the way was the Old Testament instruction. He's following the letter of the law from Leviticus 14. You can check it out. It's like, go to the priest um, and, and they'll check that you're healed and you're okay and, and that, that will readmit you to society and to worship and everything else. Far more is being healed here than just leprosy. They're being cleansed deeply. It's a different word. And um, it's a whole different thing. And as I was reading through that just before the service, I was having a little moment over there, I thought there's some people who would just love to know that they're clean, that they're cleansed, that they've been cleansed. And that can mean a whole number of things. But that they're carrying something or something's just sticking and they just, they'd love to feel clean. You know, that kind of like image of, I don't know, having a shower and a big waterfall or something. They'd love to feel clean, refreshed. If that's you, then communion can be a gateway to that. And um, Dennis is going to lead us in that later. It might be also that you want to have prayer about that. But the other shocker that I want to bring us in to land on with this is, is what this guy does is uh, this leper that returns. Like he, he cries out with the others. He cries out. He's cleansed. It's extraordinary. He comes back praising God. That's what you would expect 
somebody to do in this situation. You'd expect them to praise God. But then what he does next is outrageous, and we need to kind of be hit by the shocker of it. Because um, this wasn't normal. Uh, we just read it, but this was not normal. So, verse um, 15, 16. Again, glance down if you've got it in front of you. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. That's okay, that's acceptable. We know he's quite loud already. <laughs> he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. We're not going to dwell too much on that, but... He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Now, I expect all of our parents have said, remember your pleases, remember your thank yous. But they probably haven't said, remember your pleases, remember your thank yous, and give your life to them. That's probably not in there. Remember your pleases, remember your thank yous, and then fall prostrate at their feet. That's probably not also been in the language. What's happening here is pretty shocking because Jesus, what Jesus should do if he's not actually the appropriate place for this worship and submission is he should say, whoa, 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 praise God, absolutely right, great, but don't throw yourself at my feet and worship me in your gratitude, thank you. But he doesn't. He kind of says, where are the other nine? This is right. This is the right response. Where are the other nine? And that is a shocker because what Luke is saying here to us is that Jesus is saying the appropriate place for your gratitude to God is in worship at my feet. Just let that absorb it. Jesus is saying, imagine, imagine, imagine you're there. And he's saying, yeah, this appropriate response in your praising of God is, is appropriately expressed in worship at my feet. Some people admire Jesus for all sorts of reasons in his teaching. They don't like to accept that he explicitly, page after page in the Gospels, makes it clear that he is to be worshipped, that he's the Son of God. So remember your pleases, remember your thank yous, but Jesus is saying it's entirely appropriate to then give your life to me, to worship me wholeheartedly, give everything to me, to say, I'm yours. I tried, to, I tried to come up, I said to Dennis earlier, I, um, I, I tried to come up with um, what some, some great people who had tried to help me when I needed more help learning how to preach and stuff, they said, try to think of a phrase that stays. They're going to remember one thing, because they're probably not going to remember your talk, Mike. Some of you will probably not remember hardly any of my talk. But they said, try and remember a phrase that stays. Try and sum it up in one sentence. It's something that's going, they're going to remember. Um, here's my phrase that's, that hopefully will stay a bit. Um, if you ever repeat this back to me, it will melt my heart. I'll be so pleased. So um, this, is, this is the phrase that stays. A disciple's primary mission is grateful submission. A disciple's primary mission is grateful submission. You see that? Okay, so let that absorb. I'm going to say it one more time, and then you're going to say it back to me. Make sure you've heard. A disciple's primary mission is grateful, thank you God, thank you Jesus, submission, you're my Lord, I'm at your feet. You see, a disciple's primary mission is grateful submission. Okay, you guys are going to say the first half, then you guys are going to say the second half, and whoever's loudest wins, okay? And then we're going to switch it around. There's slightly more, actually no, I'm not sure there are, if Stephen joins in as well, more on this side. Okay, so a disciple's primary mission is grateful submission. Okay, Levi wants to win this. You guys need to up your game. Are you ready? Those guys are destroying you. I'm going to give you 
I'm going to give you... You're on this they, side they as well. They haven't got the point. <laughs> what do you mean? A disciple's primary mission is... Grateful submission. So they're trying to win. That's not really being submissive. Yeah, yeah I'm not Jesus. They don't need to submit to That's me. So it's fine. No, 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 no. You just, you just, you just make a bit more noise because your side's losing at the moment. That's the only reason you're making a noise now. So we're going to do it the other way around. Okay. Disciples' primary mission is grateful submission. See if you do any better this time. Okay. You ready? Thank you. Now Lizzie wants to win. That's good. Um, maybe this is good. Maybe this is a bit of the crying out exercise as well. This is good. Um, they do this in drama classes and things. I wouldn't know, but uh, they get them to get you to express yourself. Maybe you feel better now. I don't know. Anyway, um, a disciple's primary mission is grateful submission. When you become a disciple of Jesus, your first mission is to thank Jesus and to fall at his feet because he's worthy of that worship and of that praise. Please, thank you, and I'm yours. Please, thank you, and I'm yours. And there's some people here tonight who I think the question for you is, what's the distance? What's stopping me cry out in a loud voice? Is there something I need to get right about my understanding or my relationship with God that's going to enable me to overcome that distance with a loud voice? For some of you, that's, that's your question for tonight as I come into land. And if that registers, just go, okay, you're where I am. Pray into that, we'll get some prayer for that. For some of you, it's that thing about being cleansed. I'd love to be cleansed. I'd love to, I'd love to walk out of this church feeling refreshed and clean like I haven't in ages. And you might want to ask Jesus for that as you come to communion or get some prayer for that as well. For some of you, it will be a kind of a resubmitting, a re-saying, I'm yours. I was, I'm going to finish with this because I know it's over at St. Albans but, but we're the same church and I'm passionate about it for you, that you guys as well get to be part of this really. I was over at St. Albans this morning and I was uh, well no, I'll start the story last Tuesday Tuesday we had the Freedom Course over at St. Albans and at the end of the Freedom Course it was, it's been amazing, two more weeks to go, still come 7.30 on Tuesday evenings and at the end we were worshipping I was worshipping, there was worship, Stephen was leading worship and we were, I went into the prayer space that they're planning to develop and I had this like amazing time where I had like really vivid images of what God was going to do in that place it got really exciting, it's going to be after I've left now which is a bit sad but I was really excited I was like, I literally I, it's like I saw young people going to on suicide leap missions, turning left and coming into the chapel and being saved. I saw somebody come in and the cancer tumour just shrank and disappeared. I saw, um, this is the one that moves me in the most this week, because I've had some sad stuff um, associated with this that I've had to kind of um, walk through with some people this week. But I saw young men, teenagers, coming in and getting receiving uh, just the presence of God being in there so thick that they, they kind of committed their lives to a life of holiness and integrity like they never had before. Young men who were going to grow into husbands and fathers where the, the, who'd never had an example of a father, a proper father, a real man in their lives. And yet their wives were going to be able to look at them and their, their children were going to be able to look at them and go, that's a real man. A man of integrity and of character and of purity and of holiness. Just teenagers, teenage boys coming in receiving a call to holiness in their lives. One I guess we all receive. 
I saw people being saved in there. I saw people worshipping in there. It was amazing. And as I was reflecting on this for tonight, I was just like, Michelle and I, my wife and I, we're, we're praying. We haven't done it yet, but we're going to. We've been praying about what it is that God's calling us to give to kind of establish that prayer chapel over there. And you've probably seen some of the, the appeal. Uh, I'm aware, I'm looking out, some teenagers here. I haven't got loads of money or whatever. So this isn't like, a, oh, I'm going I'm to get loads. I'm sharing this because I want you guys to be able to be part of that story. I'm not looking at you thinking, oh, Oh, Lizzie over there, she's probably got 10 grand she can give. Like, obviously, obviously I'm not. That's not what this is about. But it is about, do you know, whatever you can give, if you do feel called to give to this, would you, would you not want to be part of seeing some of that stuff happen over there? Would you not want to be part of people from our community coming into that place and being able to cry out and say, please, would you help me with my need? Would you heal me? Would you save me would you not want to be part of people being able to walk into that space where they can say thank you to jesus and worship him would you not want to be part of people coming into that place and saying i'm yours for the rest of my life and um that's what excites me about that because we're creating a space for generations to come where people in our community are going to have cancers healed and they're going to be saved and they're going to be saved from suicide leaps because they come into that place and they encounter Jesus and they say, help, thank you, and I'm yours. We have an opportunity to say that in our small way tonight as we come to communion. Um, I'm going to hand over to Dennis. Dennis, we'll take.